0: And we are alive. Uh, okay, let's just fucking jump right into the show. You're about to witness the strength of creep knowledge. Good evening. Welcome to the 40th Slip. This is episode... 201. It's actually much, much higher than that. But I had a meltdown at one point. (laughs) (laughs) And decided to restart the fucking show. Because that's what I do. I don't remember how high up I got before I... It
1: was pretty high.
0: I think I'm I'm over 1,000 now. Or I'm close. Something like that. I don't fucking know. Maybe. Maybe not.
1: I'm not good at math, so I'm not going to attempt to guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't give a shit. There's a lot of them out there. There's a lot on YouTube. Uh, not all of them are on Spotify or wherever you can fucking download your podcast. but They're out there. They are out there. Uh, so, I uh, I recently, just the other day, finished the book... I picked it up and read uh, devolution by Max Brooks um, i I had had this book uh you know on my list of books to read slash pick up for a while and uh, it went on sale probably in the last few months on Amazon, and I grabbed it for my Kindle um, and dove into it and it's a fucking great book uh for those for people who are into you know the whole bigfoot thing um and or you know horror type novels um it's a it's a really unique take on it um, uh, it's told almost entirely from uh, the perspective of the first person in a journal uh mixed with news reports interviews from, like, rangers and stuff after the fact, um, and, like, excerpts out of books about Bigfoot. Um, so, uh, it was it was a lot of fun uh, to read. I enjoyed it. Uh, it was not what I expected, the totality of it, um, but uh, it basically starts out, there's, like, this uh, green community where they're you know, living off the grid. They've all got solar panels and they're friggin everything they cook using the fucking methane from their shit. Um, Gross. yeah, it's like I mean a really green community. But what happens is when the um when the volcano erupts, because they're uh, the way they set up the community, they they're completely cut off. Like there's no communication out. There's no way for them to um they have to really, you know, figure shit out. Um And a lot of them aren't, weren't ready for that. And that was one of the f- things that, that is talked about in the book is how the unpreparedness of these people who created this little off-grid community when shit went down. <laughs> so it was, <clears throat> it was a really, it was a really cool book. I liked how uh the whole, the idea of how they, uh, the interactions between the the Bigfoot and the people, or Big Feet, there's was, there was a few of them. Um, so it, it was it's well worth a read. Anybody who likes that type of stuff, I would definitely recommend it. Um, I is a quick read. I plowed through it probably in like a night and a half. Um,
1: no, it, it sounds went really fun. quick. It sounds yeah, like it's it it reading style like a different. You know way to write something
0: the only way the only uh author that i could uh equate it to would be like lovecraft it was very much like lovecraft wrote where there's different points of view and like news clippings and you know interspersed throughout the story it was it was well done i enjoyed it a lot um a lot more than i thought i would
1: Mm -hmm that sounds cool um, i need to put that on my list
0: yeah um and they even they they make mention of the ape canyon thing um and you know uh different things that have happened uh or different uh stories that have come out um it, it, it like i said it was, it was it was a well-told tale i enjoyed it um and if you're into the Bigfoot phenomenon and that type of shit, I would definitely check it out. I think you'll like it. But I picked it up on sale, and I couldn't have been happier fucking grabbing it. It was a great book. Um, And I, di- I just read... Uh, I don't know if I talked about this one last week. The uh, I read Shadowland by Peter Straub. Did I talk about that, Katie?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Yeah, when I was a kid, I read uh, The Talisman by... Stephen King and and Peter Straub and I had always wanted to go to read something by Straub afterwards so when I was a kid I found Shadowland uh, which is the story of two young boys who apprenticed to a magician over a summer Um, but he's not like a sleight of hand magician (laughs) Um, although that's what they think kind of um so I I wound up picking that up on my Kindle and and reading through that and I had read that when I was fifteen. Um, I was in in school suspension, and I read it in a day. Wow! Uh, when I was a kid, and I finished it in a few days, um, reading it at work, so on and so forth. But um, what a fucking great book! So dark. So fucking dark. Um, and just, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I want to pick up a couple of his other books. I I picked up ghost story, uh, which I will read at some point. And he's got a a trilogy of books, um, that I kind of want to look into. It's not necessarily horror, but it's more like a thriller, murder, fiction type shit. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It was a it was definitely a, a an interesting tale um, of these two kids that were just you know brought together and then torn apart it, it, by this dude that just you know just craved power. It, it's, it's a really cool story. So, um, anyone that's into that sort of thing, I would recommend that as well. <laughs> but other than that, uh, it's been a fucking interesting week. Fucking old Joe Rogan seems to be dominating the fucking landscape.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> that whole shit. Would they remove like a hundred and something episodes? And I know a lot of that was um that was Joe's doing.
1: Yeah, well, I'm curious about it. Did they remove him off of YouTube too? Because his old shows prior to Spotify were still on YouTube.
0: I do believe a lot of those are still on YouTube because I don't think they they can pull them all. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is because I looked today and I saw that there that there was an Alex Jones episode up still on YouTube. i so. say I
1: think I think the removal was very specific and not specific to what people originally thought it would be
0: yeah and i mean my my take on the whole thing is you know you got one side saying that you know these guys that he's had on are completely wrong or they're they're cherry picking information and then you get the people on the other side saying you know the same thing about the other side and my thing is i think the the the, the truth is somewhere in the middle you know and that that's why we need to have these conversations not fucking stifle them. Yeah. I'm sick and tired of hearing this cancel culture bullshit. We need to pull fucking Joe Rogan and we need to pull this guy or we need to pull that guy because they said something. We need to pull Whoopi off the fucking view because she said something. No. How about we discuss it? We right. inform people and we all come out with a better understanding of shit instead of we have to just censor this person and get them out of the way because yeah, they said they said a no, no.
1: Oh, and that's the problem is that if we keep pulling this person and pulling this person and pulling this person, we're not going to have freedom of speech anymore. You know, that, that's yeah. really what that ultimately leads to.
0: <laughs> and it's, so, it's why it's why the 40 and slip page has been shunted. Mm-hmm. Because I share stuff and I talk about stuff that is considered French. Yeah. And now, even though I have 56,000 followers, I get dick for engagement on that page. I used to get thousands of likes.
1: Yeah, it was popping for many, a while there.
0: Many, many comments. I get nothing now. And it's all because of this misinformation campaign. And it's, it's horrid. It's, uh, it's dog shit is what it is.
1: Well, and it's not just Facebook. It's TikTok. It's, it's everywhere. Like you, Twitter, just regular old news and like the view. And I I think the tough thing with the view thing also is kind of the one-sided enough, one-sidedness of it in the fact that other people have been straight up fired for saying less,
0: <laughs> but right.
1: she just got a suspension.
0: Right. And I get that too. But here's the thing. I mean, I get, I get where she was kind of going with it.
1: Yeah. I get what she
0: was saying. I get what she was saying, but she was wrong. Correct. Correct. <laughs>
1: yes. I see where like, her mind went, but her no. mind went to <laughs>
0: religion. Yes. Her mind went to ideology, not skin color. And it, it wasn't about skin color because in that no. case, it, the Jewish people of that time look Caucasian. Right. So, so I mean, it's, it's just a weird thing. And I think that we need more discussion. Yes. We, we do not need to stifle discussion. We need more discussion. Yeah, I... <clears throat> You don't need to shut up you know the crazy you don't need to shut up the the right wing ideologues and you don't need to shut up the left wing ideologues let them fucking talk
1: well and that's the thing is whoopie got her chance to talk she got to apologize she got to talk and she gets (laughs) to come back and continue to talk several of the other people that they've booted they didn't even give the chance for them to explain themselves or grow from the situation correct so it's tough
0: yeah, and, and and you know, I, I it's it's been a it's been a weird weird time for for news and media in America, and I'm curious to see where it's going to go. I no longer will watch mainstream news.
1: Yeah, I, I haven't. I it a stick long time. to
0: independent news. Um, I pay attention to stuff that uh, Matt Taibbi writes. I think he's great. Uh, I. Tend to pay attention to Jimmy Dore. I think he tends to be very centered in a very right and left world. Um, you know, that's just my personal opinion. Other people disagree with that. No,
1: oh, no, he um, seems reasonable.
0: Yeah, he's he's not out of his mind. No. Um, in my opinion, he has he's he's got a good when it comes to the stuff he. I think he definitely has a take on it, but he's willing to adjust it, adjust his take. You know, he's willing to, if he, if something comes up that changes it, he'll change with it. I, I, I hate these people who are so married to their belief structure that they can't admit when they're wrong. Yeah. You know, and, and I find that the people that are willing to admit when they're wrong and are willing to change that. I'm more willing to follow those types of people. So, Um, yeah, we'll see what happens with this. I hope that it doesn't go down the rabbit hole that I think it's going to go down. Because I was just telling uh, somebody yesterday that this is fucking, we are in Animal Farm. The rules are being written on the side of the fucking barn and only a few people can fucking read them. And they're constantly being changed. So.
1: the thing that gives me hope, though, is that despite so many news outlets reporting on the backlash and hatred for Joe Rogan and this and that, he's still doing pretty damn good and there's more people listening to him than are listening to most of the major news networks.
0: It it doesn't matter what they do to him at this point. If they If he gets taken off Spotify, he'll just go back to doing what he was doing before.
1: Yeah, he'll be fine.
0: And he'll be just as popular. Uh-huh. he's not going anywhere if anything they're making him more popular
1: yes they're so, kind of feeding him so
0: and i'm happy about that because i'm a fucking fan so
1: yeah me too I, Huge mean, fan. I, I
0: will i will enjoy this all the way and i'm enjoying joe's reaction to it i think he's he's taking the higher ground um and i i i think that's the way to go yeah. so he, he, it's not quite the way i probably would have gone no, oh. no. <laughs> I, t- I tend to overreact.
1: That would have looked a lot different. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. You piece of shit. <laughs> uh, anyway, we'll fucking get right into the news. Yeah. All right, our fucking top story of the night. uh, The title story. Uh, In one week, fishermen across Florida reeled in two sniper rifles and a human body. Fishermen across Florida reeled in a lot more than they were looking for this past week. A man and his 11-year-old grandson pulled two 50 caliber Barrett sniper rifles out of a canal near Miami over the weekend. And last Monday, police said a fisherman unexpectedly hooked a human body in a central Florida lake. Dwayne Smith told the Miami Herald he saw a YouTube video on magnet fishing and decided to give it a try on Sunday. They dropped a five-pound magnet in the C-102 Canal in southern Miami-Dade County. We ended up with two pounds of scrap metal and 40 pounds of gun, Smith told the newspaper. The Barretts had so much mass, Smith, 61, said, the magnet went straight to them. Smith told the newspaper he was concerned because the serial numbers on the lower receivers of the weapons and the bolt of one of the rifles were filed off. Whoever did this is not your run-of-the-mill criminal, said Smith, a former Army infantry officer. He called the Miami-Dade police and two officers came out to pick up the guns. Detective Christopher Thomas told the Herald it will likely take the department a while to determine if the weapons were used in a crime. Judging by the photo, those have been there for a while. That said, it will take some time for the weapons to end up at our forensics lab. Once there, they will be processed, he said. Smith said he isn't convinced the guns were in the water very long. He says they were wrapped in plastic and he wiped away most of the corrosion in 30 minutes. It looked like it was something that someone would want to come back for, he said. The strange discovery comes just days after police said two men in central Florida were out fishing when one of them unexpectedly hooked a body and began to reel it in. Authorities said the fishermen were casting their lines from the grassy banks near downtown Auburndale when one of them hooked something that felt heavy, CVS affiliate WTSP reported. One of the two fishermen called his father, who rushed over and confirmed it was a human body. The group dialed 911. Uh. Police responded to the scene and discovered the 40-year-old dead man had lived in the area and had recently returned to the region. It appeared he was probably in the water for one to two days, according to law enforcement. There were no obvious signs of trauma, though this is a medical examiner case the Auburndale Police Department wrote in an update. An autopsy is pending.
1: Wow. Only in the water one or two days and got hooked by a fisherman.
0: Uh, this fucking Florida. The this, this <laughs> shit happens in Florida. Fucking Florida wild. man to the rescue. God <laughs> damn. Uh,
1: that magnet fishing you. is pretty cool, though. Have you watched any of those videos?
0: No, I haven't. Oh, it no, looks I, pretty I fun. That no, that's one I haven't. That's it's not To me, that sounds like something Alcorn would do for like two <laughs> weekends and then give up.
1: I had never heard of it, but they did a local news story on it. One of the big YouTubers that's pretty popular, I guess, came through our local area. So they did a story on him and I started watching some of his videos and I'm like, man, I could get into this. This is pretty cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, this, people do some fucking weird shit. That's yeah. for sure. Uh, our next story of the night from WYTV.com, uh, find Bigfoot in Oklahoma to win over $2 million. Uh, want to pick up a cool 2 million, just get yourself down to Oklahoma and grab Bigfoot. The state has a two million, one hundred thousand bounty for the creature. So is it 2 million or 100,000?
1: Well, they keep raising it. It started out a lot lower.
0: Huh? A state representative brought up a bill to offer a $25,000 bounty, but the producers of a Hollywood Bigfoot movie pledged $2 million, and a private business promised an additional 100000 The idea did what it was intended to do, promote tourism, especially in the heavy woods of southeast Oklahoma. It's ninth on the list for sightings in the world of Bigfoot. But Sasquatch Quest, as it's called, comes with rules. You collect your $2 million if you capture Bigfoot unharmed and can't injure anyone else or break any laws doing so. Good fucking luck. <laughs> Have you ever seen fucking redneck yahoos? <laughs>
1: That's uh, all I'm
0: going to say. <laughs> the state has maps showing Bigfoot hunters the best route to take to spot the creature while at the same time promoting nearby businesses on your hunt along State Highway 259. Be sure to stop at the Hampton Inn there, Katie. southeastern oklahoma has long promoted bigfoot as stores there sell t-shirts hats and bumper stickers the area is also home to a huge bigfoot festival while you're there look for the bigfoot statue 30 feet tall in front of the sasquatch gas station yeah i guess so i don't know i don't know if i want to go trying to capture bigfoot to win two million one hundred thousand dollars or is it 2,100,025 125,000 I don't know I'm yeah. very confused.
1: Yeah, their math isn't okay. quite right there and I'm not even good at math.
0: I'm I'm very fucking confused. I don't understand. Uh, our next story of the night from Reuters.com Second alien moon identified is much like the first, big and strange. For only the second time, astronomers have detected what appears to be a moon orbiting a planet in another solar system. Just like the first time, this one has traits suggesting that such moons may differ greatly from those populating our solar system. Data obtained by NASA's Kepler Space Telescope before it was retired in 2018 indicated the presence of a moon 2.6 times the diameter of Earth orbiting a Jupiter-sized gas giant about 5,700 light years away from our solar system in the direction of the Cygnus and Lyra constellations, scientists said on Thursday. A light year is the distance light travels in a year. 5.9 trillion trillion miles or 9.5 trillion kilometers. This moon's diameter would make it larger than any of the roughly 221s known to be orbiting planets in our solar system and more than nine times the diameter of Earth's moon. We don't know the mass or indeed composition. It could be a rocky core with a light fluffy envelope or a thick atmosphere all the way down to some high-density core, said Columbia University astronomy professor David Kipping, lead author of the research published in the journal Nature Astronomy. Our solar system's moons are all all rocky or icy objects. Close to 5,000 planets beyond our solar system, or exoplanets, have been identified, compared to only two such moons called exomoons. That is not because moons are thought to be any scarcer in other solar systems, but because planets tend to be larger and therefore easier to find, the researchers said. The first exomoon candidate, described in 2018 by the same lead researchers and still awaiting confirmation, is even larger, roughly the size of our solar system's planet Neptune. It is located approximately 8,000 light years from Earth. Its apparent gaseous composition is unlike any of our solar system's moons. Exo-moons are terra incognita, Kipping said, using a Latin term meaning unknown land. We know next to nothing about their prevalence, properties, or origins. Moons may be frequent abodes for life in the cosmos and may affect the habit- habitability of the planet they orbit. Uh, excuse me. We've learned so much about exoplanets in the last few decades, But exomoons represent an outstanding challenge in modern astronomy, Kippings added. The researchers employed the transit method, often used to detect exoplanets. They observed a dip in the brightness of the sun-like star around which the moon's planet orbits when the planet and the the exomoon passed in front of it. The Kepler telescope obtained data on two such transits. This is yet another tantalizing exomoon finding. Suggesting again that large moons may be present in other planetary systems, and that we can potentially detect them," said astronomer and study co-author Alex Tichi Tiki T- 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 of the uh, Academia Sinica Institute of Astronomy and Astrophysics in Taiwan. Yeah, and there's a little bit more of that story, but yeah, that's they found another fucking moon somewhere, which is cool. I mean, the 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 discoveries in. Uh, in space with these fucking crazy telescopes they're making. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm very curious to see what they, they see with this new one.
1: It's wild. That
0: thing, that thing looks pretty. Yeah. That that thing that look definitely looks wild. I'm, um, I'm very, very interested to see what they come back with that with from that thing. Uh, do, 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 do what else do we got here from Island press. Dot org. Was that a UFO flying over Hatteras Island? <clears throat> Hatteras Island night owls reported a sighting of an unusual nighttime object that was seen flying over the island landscape on the night of January 30th, 2022. At around 1.30 p.m., an unexplained light was seen flickering over the Atlantic Ocean. The video and pictures were captured in Frisco while looking between the constellations of Ursa Major and Virgo. In the very center of the video... You can see the strange object changes colors, change colors and direction multiple times as if it was dancing in the sky. The pictures came from screenshots of the video and are zoomed in. The nighttime object has reportedly not been spotted since its January 30th appearance. But islanders are advised to look up to see if it reappears. I will let you guys take a look at this one. do. do, do. La 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 la. And there it is hmm. i don't know what it is that's a that's a zoomed in version there's, uh, and yeah there's uh, some more blobs right there so i don't know phil Polling, get on it get on that shit. tell me what them blobs are
1: people. so wait that was taken from what it wasn't like a picture picture they were looking out into space
0: i don't know it's from a video yeah. It's from a video, and then they they took those screenshots and zoomed in. So I don't know. There's a video for it, so you can check out the video if you want. See what you know. See what the fuck's going on. I don't know. <coughs> uh, so do 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 do. Where was that one? Blink. All right. Our next story of the night from the theexpress.co.uk. UFO crash site. Mysterious winged craft uncovered in Antarctica. Google Maps sighting. An alleged UFO crash site has been uncovered in Antarctica after eagle-eyed viewers spotted a winged craft on Google Maps. An alleged UFO crash site has been uncovered in Antarctica after a mysterious object was spotted on Google Maps. Footage of the discovery was posted online by UFO, UFO YouTuber Mr. M.B. B333, who captioned the video, Looks like something might have landed in the middle of Antarctica, leaving a gouge in the snow. Viewers suggested that the object favors the shape of a triangle craft. The YouTuber said, Looks like something may have slid into the snow. It definitely favors the shape of a triangle craft. You can see a dent in the snow as well. It could just be a rogue rock, but there's nothing else out in this area. This is the only thing that shows up in the middle of the snow. When analyzing the object, Mr. MBB333 continued, looks like a black triangle craft. It looks like a boomerang, or what was once a flying machine that landed in the snow out here. You can see the feature of what looks like a winged craft sitting in Antarctica. He also pointed to a nearby object that looked like the shadow of a pyramid in the snow. The video, which racked up over 50,000 views, spurred a frenzied discussion. Donna Lee Jenkins responded, Wow, that definitely looks like a triangle craft of some kind of snow there in Antarctica. Especially when you show it through some, kind of, some, through some of the different filters. Great find. Well, yeah, if you filter fucking shit, you can find all kinds of shit. Right. Shannon reacted, What will be interesting to see is to check back in a week and see if the object is still in the snow. Pam Anderson posited, Could the part that looks like a gouge in the Antarctic be a snow drift on the downwind side of an object that the wind is partially excavated from the snow? Which it could be. Uh, I'll let you guys take a look. And you can decide for yourselves. Because, eh, I mean, it's interesting. I'll give it that. There's the, It's not the blown up version right there. There you go.
1: Hmm. That is indeed interesting.
0: It is indeed interesting.
1: It's better than the other recent one. We had that was similar to this.
0: Yes, yes, yes. I will agree with that. Um But yeah, I don't know. I mean, huh. it looks like something. We'll, we'll see. And I'm sure, I'm sure somebody's going to continue to look into it. <laughs> you know how that shit goes. Oh yeah. Uh, what else do we got tonight? Oh, uh, from. Joe Blow.com. Hunting Bigfoot trailer cryptid documentary comes to VOD this month, exclusive. Uh, director Taylor Gutterson's Hunting Bigfoot is set to receive a digital and cable VOD release on February 15th. And with that release date swiftly approaching, we're proud to share the exclusive first look at the trailer for the documentary. You can watch it in the embed above. Hunting Bigfoot has the following synopsis. Did he really see it, or was it just in his head? As he emerges from yet another long slog in the Northwest wilderness, John's resolve remains undiminished. Long estranged from his family, John checks in to grab some provisions and touch base with some fellow sympathizers and true believers before resuming his all-consuming quest to verify the existence of Sasquatch that he claims to have witnessed. In Hunting Bigfoot, Seattle-based filmmaker Taylor Gutterson skillfully melds the worlds of a narrative feature documentary film to capture this portrait of a broken man obsessively pursuing personal and professional redemption in a world where many of those close to him think he's crazy and i know he is <laughs> 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 we have quite a fascination with the cryptid known as bigfoot here at arrow in the head as you may have noticed from the multiple episodes of our shows on the paranormal network youtube channel that have been dedicated to the creature There's even a series on there called That Bigfoot Show. So we're really looking forward to checking out Gutterson's Hunting Bigfoot. Looking deeper into the background on this one, it sounds like the man at the center of the film, John Green, has a fascinating and tragic story to tell. Gutterson previously directed the 2011 comedy Old Goats and the 2014 follow-up Sorts of sorts, Burkholder. He also co-directed the 2016 comedy Viral Viral. I have heard of none of these movies. Will you be watching Hunting Bigfoot later this month? I will not. You may, but just me personally, I won't. What did you think of the trailer? Let us know by leaving a comment below. Here's a poster for the film. You guys want to see the poster, don't you? Don't you? You want to see the poster. It's a it's a poster. Dun.
1: I'm sorry. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah, that's
0: a good one. We'll say I, I listen, I've said this many times now. I, I I I definitely am that dude that wants to believe. Yeah. I'm not I'm not so much of a skeptic that I don't want to believe something. That something's out there, or that there's, that there could be proof, or, or whatever. I just want something solid, and you know, you have all these people who say, "Well, I, I, I I interact with these things all the time." Do you?
1: Right. If that were
0: true. Yeah. Show me some fucking proof, or you know, we know they're there. Okay. Proof. Like and anytime you try to press them on the proof, you get oh yeah. Oh no tell you. Oh, mm, mm. It's it, it's it's a fucking joke. And I wish it wasn't. I wish that it was a serious field of study.
1: Yeah. I it's wish unfortunate. it wasn't. it's
0: not. I, I I wish it was not a laughable joke. But it is. And the more and more that comes out, the more and more that it's a laughable joke. Yeah. You know, I as much as I fucking, you know, love watching Phil's videos, I hate it. Yeah, it's frustrating. Because the guy can constantly pick out the bullshit. And it's all bullshit.
1: Yep, all of it.
0: I mean, I don't... It, it, we were just talking before the show that he just did a video where they were fucking trying to say that leaves in the trees were Bigfoot swinging from branch to branch.
1: Yeah, it was ridiculous.
0: What had to be fucking honest? Become?
1: When I first saw the image, I was like, well, what is that? I didn't know. But the second he said are leaves in the foreground, I was like,
0: oh, fuck. They sure yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> that is exactly what that is. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, there's a handful of things that have come up. Handful.
1: Very that, small, petite, easily that, held handful.
0: Yes, that I can go, all right, yeah, maybe there's something. But when it comes to the rest of it, it's just like, what, what is this fucking... What is this? Yeah. Why? Why do you continue to shove this fucking just shit on the plate in front of me? Why? It's just do people do they think we're that much the the people are that much of rubes you know that the carnival is going to just come to town and we're all just going to believe that there's a snake man in the tent you know at this point the fucking fourth wall has been broken down and unless you are ignorant. You should watch these videos and know better. Yeah. Like it's, then that's where, that's what it's gotten to. And it's, it's a sad state of affairs. It really is. Because, like I said, I want it to be a legitimate field of research. I don't want it to be a joke. I never wanted it to be a joke. Do I want to joke about it? Fuck yeah. But I don't want the actual field to be a joke. Right. You know? I mean, I might make fun of shit that fucking they do researching gorillas in fucking Africa. But I still think that that research is important. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because people will be like, you make fun of this shit. Yeah. Because it's fun.
1: Well, and honestly, at this point, that's about all you can do. You can't take it seriously. Yeah, There's nothing to take seriously, so... Uh, I mean, even our old uh, old trustee isn't old trustee anymore. The
0: uh, right. the
1: college professor guy.
0: Oh, college. Pro- oh, Meldrum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. M- Meldrum's suspect. He even he sullied, you sullied you his suspect. own
1: reputation.
0: Yes, suspect. He's fucking suspect. Anyway, our next story of the night, Katie. And I'm going to actually start out with sharing the screenshot of this lovely alien on Mars. Um, hmm. what, what I can only describe as sunbathing on a rock. I guess.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs>
0: From WBZ News Radio dot iHeart dot com. Alien filmed by Mars Rover called 100% proof of intelligent life because if you're sunning yourself on a rock that means you're intelligent. NASA Maybe has been exploring
1: like 100%. Every story <laughs> Every is time. always 100%.
0: I want it to be 120. Uh, <laughs> NASA has been exploring Mars with rovers for years. And recently their Perseverance rover might have photographed something very interesting. According to UFO expert Scott Waring, Photos of Mars that the space agency released last April show an alien that he describes as a hundred percent proof <laughs> of intelligent life from a photograph. Waring posted the photos on his website, UFO sightings daily and says they show a small being with a pink body lying on a rock. He explains there is a person laying down watching the NASA Mars rover from safe distance away. The person is about one foot tall, laying down tall, pinkish upper chest neck and face radish hair radish hair wearing a dark suit but has a gray object over one shoulder it looks like a backpack of some sort he goes on to say there are even footprints behind the person leading up to the location they chose to lay down at Uh uh-huh of course it could also be nothing at all the image comes from a much larger panorama that was created based on raw footage released at mars.nasa.gov zooming in on into a photo like what was done to capture this alien a person might be able to turn inanimate objects into something they are not even though Warren claims the shot to be 100% proof of aliens NASA has not and likely will not comment on it
1: <laughs> You got a zoomed in image of that for me Chris
0: Yes I do Yes I do. I have it right here. Enjoy. See those uh-huh. footprints leading right up to that?
1: Katie? <laughs> I do.
0: I the, do. The clear as day. 100% proof right there. That's a backpack <laughs> on um, that alien's back. Um, he is on vacation um, to the flats of Mars. Um, that's where they, they go out to watch the rover. <laughs>
1: You know, I think I would have believed this more if they wouldn't have said it was one foot tall. But this is actually pretty intriguing. Although, hmm, yeah, I'm gonna stick with my original reaction of laughter.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think you should. (laughs) Fucking laughable. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I hell, I, 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 I will always say I could be wrong, but yeah. That looks like part of the fucking rock to me. Do
1: you have a big context? Like what's the big the big they said it was a panoramic? Uh,
0: there's that's that's the, the bigger picture there. And now you'd have to watch the YouTube video. All right. That's the that's the biggest one they show on that website.
1: I might do that.
0: But yeah, it's only a foot tall.
1: Hmm.
0: Only a foot tall. He's a, he's a small little fella.
1: Those rocks small look little. big, but there's no perspective there either, so
0: I don't fucking know. I'm no expert. I can tell you that.
1: Well, me neither, so.
0: I am no fucking expert. Uh, our next story of the night, ThePointsGuy.com uh, Six Things I Saw During My Stay at the Haunted Stanley Hotel. Um, it was written by Ashley Kosiolik. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, all work and no plane makes Jack a doll boy there. Uh, this post contain Oh, no, bleh. Oh, fucking, I am not with it tonight if I read <laughs> read that. Um, I was expecting lots of snow, monotone twins in blue dresses inviting me to play, and perhaps a small boy on a tricycle. While the iconic Stanley Hotel delivered on the weather, the property that inspired Stephen King's The Shining missed on the ghost sightings and blood-filled bathtubs. That doesn't mean it wasn't a noteworthy visit, though. Since high school, when The Shining was required reading for my 11th grade English class, I've dreamed of staying at the Stanley Hotel. I wish it was a fucking required reading for my 11th grade English class.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Fuck. <laughs> Although possibly a letdown for ghost hunters, it was still a movie geek's dream. When I wasn't spending time exploring Colorado's Estes Park, a gateway to the Rocky Mountain National Park, which we decided not to visit due to the weather, I was busy taking tours of the historic 1909 building, and staying the night in one of its rooms. From dark, drafty hallways and old-world ballrooms to shops selling keychains and shot glasses, my experience at the Stanley Hotel was equal parts creepy, classy, and kitschy. Here are six notable things I saw during my visit. Snow, snow, and more snow. Well, I should hope the fuck so. Uh, My late December stay at the property was a one-night pit stop on a road trip from Denver to Salt Lake City with my boyfriend. To his dismay as a Florida narrative, native we were met with temperatures in the teens and big fat snowflakes worthy of the fictional overlook hotel what was not similar however was the number of guests when i booked our room the main building was nearly sold out despite the time of year and the frigid forecast thankfully we were prepared with weather appropriate clothing but we did have to make an emergency run to a local hardware store to buy a snow brush for the truck By the time we parked and walked to the front entrance of the main building to check in, my hands were so numb that I needed help removing my credit card from my wallet when we got to the desk. A theatrical center central lobby. This is kind of interesting looking. Let me show you this. Uh, They should make this screen sharing a lot easier when you're in here. That's the, the front lobby there. But uh, crossing the threshold into the hotel's main lobby felt like stepping back in time. Its rich colors, ornate carpeting, and multiple fireplaces still decorated for the holidays made it easy for me to imagine how the other half lived in the early 20th century until I found out the aesthetic wasn't at all authentic, that is. On the daytime tour we took, the guide told us the original lobby was done up in light colors and looked much simpler than it appears today. If you've ever seen the movie Dumb and Dumber, you can catch a glimpse of its previous state in the scenes from the Danbury Hotel, for which the Stanley Hotel was used. From the beginning, King was unhappy with Stanley Kubrick's version of The Shining, which was filmed at the Timberline Lodge in Oregon. In the 1990s, King decided to remake the movie into a television special, with filming taking place at the Stanley Hotel. Uh, A hedge mage that's non-lethal to most of us. Uh... When we were checked in, I was delighted to find that we'd been given a room on the fourth floor, which is rumored to be the most haunted. Sadly, we didn't have any ghostly encounters, but there were plenty of loud teens running up and down the halls, searching for ghosts at all hours. Always fun. Our window was in one of the main building's front-facing dormers, offering a perfect overhead view of the famed hedge maze. The property didn't always have one, though. What started as a terrifying figment of King's imagination became something guests talked about so often. That one was planted on the property in 2015. Uh, Technically, in the book, they're hedge, they're animals. They're not, it's not a maze. But yeah, okay. Uh, Red rum, Uh, red rum punch cocktail. References to red rum murder, spelled backwards, are common throughout the hotel. A small shop in the lobby offers mugs, shot glasses, shirts, and postcards emblazoned with the word. And the hotel's attached Cascades Restaurant and Lounge features a pricey red rum punch cocktail made with framboise, rum, blackberry liquor, agave, lime, and pineapple. Try mm-hmm. it. Thank me later. And while you're there, venture into the restaurant section to see if you can spot the framed moon landing newspaper article. Jim Carrey's character makes a fuss over <laughs> in Dumb and Dumber.
1: Yeah, that was great. <laughs>
0: Uh, A totally unremarkable room 217. Uh, Playing tourist isn't usually my bag, but I just couldn't resist seeking out room 217 where King stayed for one night before coming up with the idea for The Shining. The room is rumored to be haunted by the ghost of a maid who was caught in a gas explosion there during a 1911 power outage. As the story goes, King and his wife were headed out of town for a weekend getaway when weather derailed their plans, forcing them to spend the night at the Stanley Hotel. At the time, it was only open during the warmer months because the staff was just about to close for the season. The only room that still had linens was room 217, so that's where they stayed. In the middle of the night, King woke from a dream in which his son, who was not on the trip, was being strangled in the hallway by a fire hose, a scene that fans of The Shining will surely know by heart. Following the success of the film, the hotel removed the fire hoses from its hallways for safety reasons after finding parents staging photos of their children wrapped up in them. (laughs) of course they do oh god love people Uh, underground tunnels where somebody actually died Uh, as part of the historic stanley night tour we were able to step inside part of the tunnels that used to run beneath the property several buildings allowing workers to move between key areas without being seen by the hotel's well-to-do guests although tunnels were filled in years ago for safety reasons Parts of them are still used by staff to this day, mainly to access their break room. The part that's shown to visitors is only accessible by tour, and it creates a dark, dank place for the guide to spin ghost stories, including one about a French cook who was killed when part of the tunnel collapsed on him while on his way to the women's dorms. He's said to roam around down there from time to time, but he must have been on vacation when we visited. You know... You know... And the bottom line, I guess this is the the wrap-up of this whole thing, Katie. Ultimately, I'm not convinced the hotel is as haunted as thrill-seeking visitors hope, but it does make for a fun weekend away, especially if you're a fan of The Shining or Dumb and Dumber. The tours are worth the price of admission, as is a stay, so you can experience the historic building for yourself. If nothing else, you can take advantage of the breathtaking scenery, good food, and adorable shops in the town of Estes Park and who knows if you're lucky you might even spot a ghost or two you might and then again you might not dun, dun, dun. I have yet to read the shining
1: I have not either I don't think I don't think I've seen the movie all the way through as an adult
0: I've have seen the I've seen the Kubrick version I've never seen the the television version of it um I should I should sit down and watch it I should, uh, and I need to sit down and read both books, The uh, Shining and Doctor Sleep, because I, I I really enjoyed Doctor Sleep. I I like The Shining, the, the Kubrick movie, um, unlike King, but I've never read the book. Um, and I didn't write it. He did. So right. I would have to say that King has every right to not like it. Um, <laughs> I tend to like it. Uh, Doctor Sleep, the movie that came out with Ewan McGregor about the kid later on is really well done. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. The The guy that plays Jack Nicholson or Nicholson's character in that movie at the bar at the Overlook Hotel, that scene between him and Ewan McGregor, I, I absolutely love it. It's fucking great. It's probably one of my favorite scenes in movie history for me. Like it's just so good. Like it harkens back to everything from the original movie, and it's just very well done. Very great acting on Ewan McGregor's part. And whoever this guy was, I, I never I've never looked it up who played fucking Nicholson's character. Because he looks a lot like him. Um and it's 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 a good movie. So if you haven't seen it, I, I recommend it. I need to fucking read the book. So <clears throat> I'm currently reading through uh Jim Butcher's Harry Dresden series <clears throat> Wizard for Hire. I I started those books years ago. I can't remember how far I got, but he's like like 16, 17 books in the series. And I've got all of them. So I'm on book 2. yeehaw Werewolves in this one. <laughs> so Any any you got before we wrap this fucking thing up, Katie?
1: Uh did you notice we had a honorary Mr. Dean Cooper in the chat tonight? I did.
0: I did notice that uh that Mr. Dean Cooper was in the chat tonight.
1: Haven't heard from him in a while. Hello Dean. Yeah.
0: I asked Dean how he was doing recently. Let him know that we were we were back doing the show again. Uh minus Steve or sons Steve. Um I see Steve doing his stuff with that fucking glowforge thing. I'm curious, uh, curious if this glowforge thing is gonna be like a real long-term thing for him, or if it's gonna be another one of those things that he uses for a while and then shoves in the corner. <laughs> curious.
1: We'll see. I'm waiting <laughs> to see.
0: I'm waiting to see Steve. Um, no, he's been doing some really crazy shit with it. It's cool. It's a neat thing. Uh, he etched a a glass cutting board. Wow. Yeah, was, uh, put like an owl on it, I think, or something. Uh, it's pretty neat pretty neat looking. And he's done some uh, like Bigfoot coasters and shit like that.
1: Cool. I think he's
0: gonna I think he's gonna be able to make a nice little little uh, side business for himself along with the other shit that he's doing.
1: I to so. say, I might have to check that out. I like me some random Bigfoot artsy crap.
0: Yeah, uh, def- definitely check it out. He's, yeah, um, I can give you his Etsy page. Yeah. I, I've, I think I've got it in my news feed somewhere, so yeah, check that out. Steve's doing a bunch of cool shit. Um, I'll I'll, I'll hit him up, see if he wants to come on and do the show here.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: do like a special guest appearance. Uh, it's been a bit... It's been a hot minute, so... I know he's enjoying not doing it. I can tell yeah. you that. I can be honest with everybody. Uh, Steve is enjoying his life as it is. And oh. I'm very happy for him. And listen, I'm happy that Steve stuck it out as long as he did with me. You know... Uh, People always said to me, you fucking dude, you're so lucky you got a Steve. Yeah. Like fucking somebody that just fucking stuck it out with you. Like, you know, and we did for a long, long time. We did this show.
1: Yeah. You two Uh, were an essential pair. Like you just work so well together. And I definitely feel like without him, I have very large Choose to fill that i definitely <laughs> never could so yeah, you can't
0: you can't that's the thing you can't be steve you, no. you just be katie you can just yeah. be we will just be what we are but um you know i i wish steve the best in everything that he does i think that you know what he what he's done for himself is fucking amazing um yeah. if you if you just fucking told me that he was going to be this successful with all this you know a few years ago when he started it Right. Uh, yeah, and no, I like,
1: remember when he started and yeah, I'd have was, been
0: like, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know if, I don't know.
1: It's a risky yeah, move been, for a person to make and I'm super glad it worked out for him.
0: Yeah. He's, he's done nothing but succeed. And, uh, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful yeah. for, for what's happened with him. He, you know, for those of you that don't know, you know, I met Steve at a time where he and I were both really down and, uh, You know, I needed a friend. He kind of needed a friend, and we, you know, we were there for each other. We kind of we talked all the fucking time. Like, and every night when we get home from work, when he get home from work, you know, when I was done doing my shit for the day, you know, I would sit and shoot the shit with him all night. Um. So, it's it's been a it's been a it was a long road, uh, getting to where we were, from where we were to where we are today. And I'm very grateful that the man has succeeded in everything that he's done with this. So good luck to him. And like I said, I'll reach out to him and see if he wants to come on, do the show, Um, you know, do a a special guest appearance. Be fun. Um, But uh, yeah, until, um, until next week, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the 40 and slip episode 201 Florida man to the rescue. I don't know if it was much of a rescue. They just found a bunch of shit. (laughs) <laughs> but it was more of a feel-good story, I think, than most shit you get out of Florida.
1: <laughs> right.
0: <clears throat> and we'll be back next Monday night at 7 o'clock with more news to titillate your 40 in senses. Until then, see ya!